Welcome back, pod people, to the fifth anniversary of Cinema D'Amore. I'm your host, Justin Morgan. I'm here with... Chuck. Lexi. And James. I'm back. James is back. I should just act like nothing happened, like I haven't <laughs> been gone. Just, hey, guys. It doesn't feel like it's as long as it's been. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah doesn't time, time flies. Yeah. I feel like it's been six months. It's been like two years. Yeah, I lost track of time. I mean, I did say I was taking a break from a podcast, and it turned into like a soft retirement. So it's good to be back, and I'm, I'm flattered that you welcomed me back. Yeah, I mean, there was no issues or anything. Because for a while, when it was like that, I'm just taking a break, mm -hmm. we weren't talking about it. And we're just like, we don't really know what to say because it's like the elephant in the room or whoever's listening is probably like, where the hell did James go? And we're like, he's not here again. Week 13. <laughs> he's gone. I think that I say on our last episode, like, yeah, guys, I'm taking a break. Like, I think you text me being like, you just made a soft exit. I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. I did start thinking about coming back, and then life got busy. I uh, started teaching uh, classes at night for filmmaking, and then I started production on a short film. And uh, my you know, intentions of coming back to podcasting kind of went away with those uh, those things taking up my time. And then this past summer, I recorded an episode for our friend Nick's podcast, which should be coming out a few weeks after this airs. And I was like, oh, yeah, Nick, you convinced me to come out of retirement. When we recorded the episode, I was like, oh, yeah, for one night only, I'm out of retirement. And then you texted me a few weeks ago asking me to be on this podcast. One night only has turned into two nights only. But now I have a third podcast where I'm going to be a guest on uh, coming in a few weeks. So It's snowballing now. It, 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 I'm, I'm coming back. I'm not saying I'm back, but I enjoy just being a guest star right now. I have some busy weeks by the time we record and I'm trying to edit everything together. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be really nice to just not have the podcast for like a month <laughs> or something to have some time off. I think that's why Nick does seasons. He gets that time to recharge, take some time to not have to rush. And that, there are a lot of reasons why I decided to take a break. But part of it was that I felt myself kind of getting burnt out and losing my passion for it. I felt like my performance was suffering. So that's why I was like, I think I need to take a break because I, I don't want to phone this in. You know, this is something I used to really enjoy doing. And I felt like I wasn't giving it my all. I think that's fair. I felt like that on my old show too, when I was reaching the end there before I started working on this one, because I was starting to do everything when you got to do all the marketing and all the advertising and then all the editing. And I had help from my co-host, but there was a point when he started taking over his new job where I started doing everything. And it was like, I hit a wall with it all. And I was like, I want to go work on this show. I don't want to watch <laughs> this, these, these terrible, because I was watching remakes. So my whole podcast was just about film remakes. So I was watching terrible films all the time. And then it was just like, I haven't watched a decent movie like i watched 300 movies in a year and most of them were like terrible remakes and all this kind of oh, stuff man. and every once in a while you get something good but the handful of what you get is like really bad or watching the same movie like five times in a row and you're like oh my god i can't do this like star is born <laughs> and shit like that yeah so, he did all four of the stars oh boy oh yeah we did all the invasion of the body snatchers which that one was the hardest actually for me because i didn't like any of them like i was like this is the worst sci-fi movie and then <laughs> i think i liked the one that was with nicole kidman or something the, like the most recent one Oh, uh, yeah, the invasion. But it wasn't good. I think this is the one I liked out of all of them kind of thing. But that's like the point that you're at. Like, this is the one that I enjoy. It's like of all of these terrible films, I don't know. So it's nice to be back on here. Yeah. I was on their sci-fi month. Probably the best movie that I saw in a long time. We did Vanilla Sky, but we did what the original movie that oh my it was God. based on. So I was like, good. holy shit, this Spanish film is actually really good. I understand why. Open they... your eyes. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
It was amazing. It was so good. That might be one of my favorite movies now. That was probably the best thing we ever did. Vanilla Sky is not the worst, but the effects and stuff at the time, yeah. I think that's probably what hurt it the most. It's tough to see the original version. But yeah, when I was getting burnt out, like, yo, it's nothing against you guys. Like, you guys are great. I just feel like where I was in life, like, there's other things uh, taking a toll on me, and I was just like, I just need to recharge. I'm excited to be back for our anniversary episode to talk about Halloween. Yeah, we started episode one, John Carpenter's Halloween. We decided that we were going to do, actually at first, it was the year before the new one came out, the 2018 one. So I was like, oh, we could do that next year. And then they announced two more movies. I thought, oh, we could do them every single year on our anniversary. And now we were actually out of Halloweens as Halloween ends, apparently. Yeah. Did you guys do ends? I'm um, not ends. I keep getting to We're doing confused. ends. We're doing ends. <laughs> did you do kills? What kills. What were your thoughts on kills? Well, I did recently rewatch it i liked it but there are definitely things that didn't stick well with me i remember chuck really not liking it and being yeah. glad that he didn't see it in theaters that movie's yeah. terrible i posted on facebook because i was gonna go see it and i decided to watch it on peacock and i posted on facebook uh, my one sentence review of halloween kills is that i'm glad i didn't see this in theaters it's really weird because i felt with halloween 2018 beyond the fact that it's the closest to the original halloween in tone the characters felt right. Even the smaller side characters, like the babysitter and her kid, the conversations kind of flowed naturally, and I felt that everything worked really well. And then in Kills, not so much the story, but everything felt so out of context, which kind of carries into this movie yeah, a little bit too. Just a little bit. Yeah. Kills had some of the worst writing I've ever seen in my entire life. The and dialogue I think it's the was same atrocious, writers, isn't it? Well, and it was weird because I saw the one that you're like, I saw the 2018 one and I was like, it's not my bag, but I can see like why Hall I don't like Halloween. So, but I, I can see why people like this one. Like I get it kind of thing. But when I got into kills, like you said, like the, the writing was so fucking bad. And I was like, I don't remember the writing being this bad in the one previous to this. Like I remember it being a lot better, but you know, like it was some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard in a film. <laughs> like. Yeah, Kills, it was weird because it felt like an extended epilogue that you didn't need a whole movie for this. Nothing really happens. It doesn't advance the story or the characters. And then it's just over. It kind of dampened my enthusiasm for ends because I loved the 2018 one. That I think is the best since the original. And I agree with what Justin said about the 2018 one. I tried to go into this an open mind as possible. Oh my God. You were let down. You can say it, James. You were let down. Yeah. Once again, I was glad I didn't see this in theaters. Yep. I'm also very glad I didn't see the theaters because I had to pause this several times because I was laughing so hard. But not moments you're supposed to laugh at. Like, are, are we doing, still doing spoilers? Is that still? We're talking about Halloween ends. If you didn't watch it yet, you're going to get things yeah. spoiled for you. That scene yeah. where the spoilers. kid, fucking, where the kid <laughs> fucking falls off the banister. Hilarious. I was, yeah, that was yeah. that was amazing. Borderline the funniest thing I've ever See, seen in my life. That that scene, I saw that and I was like, okay, that kid was a snot when he was on the ground and he made a comment about Myers and how he's like, Myers kills babysitters. He doesn't kill the kids. And I was like, Myers heard you. He's going to kill you now, kid. Like, I thought like that's what was coming. But then he just like fucking drop kicks him off the balcony. I was like, you know <laughs> what? I really like this movie. And then like <laughs> the movie actually starts and I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> Yeah, that that is the high of the movie. Is that is, is the, the first, high like, of ten that minutes. film? Yeah, it's the highest part of the movie, literally and figuratively. That... It's a great kill too. It's a superb kill. Like the, the setup reminds me of like a tale that you would tell kids around like a campfire about the babysitter that accidentally killed the kid. Right. That's what it comes off like because I really felt like he was gonna show up. I didn't really think that it was gonna be 
you know, it's the next year or something. I saw some things on the internet and a lot of things were out of context. And I thought Michael was going to like take this kid and it was going to be like three years later that they're going to be buddies or something like that. That's the, that's the story I got from it. But I really did like the build up in the beginning of this movie where the parents are coming home and you just hear the babysitter saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And he kicks that door open and knocks that kid over the banister. <laughs> and he, he falls so violently that I was like, holy shit. And then the movie really slows down for the next like hour. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. And I rewound it a couple times because I kept laughing. I skimmed reviews of this, but I saw some early reactions online comparing this to Last Jedi, which like online, like everyone, everyone seems now I to compare. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> they seem to compare any sequel that's divisive to the Last Jedi, just like you know, in the old days, people used to compare any sequel that's darker than its predecessor to Empire Strikes Back. And like The Last Jedi, I do think this movie tries to subvert expectations and take some risks, which I appreciated and I respected. I really respect that this tried to do something different. I just don't know if it was entirely successful. I'm not a fan of Halloween, but I know a lot of Halloween fans, and I know what Halloween fans are going into these films for and what they're expecting. And when you're promising the end, and you're mm -hmm. talking about like a definitive conclusion to the franchise, and you're bringing all these characters back, and you're doing like this whole like we're gonna end this shindig, like you're gonna go out on a bang, right? You're gonna take it to the next level. But instead, you go and you dipped into the pool of Halloween 4 and 5 and like Curse of Michael Myers kind of shit. And I'm like, so you're not going to give the fans what they want because this is not the ending a Halloween fan wants. Like, <laughs> this is not what they expect from this franchise. This film barely focuses on Myers. It's like the film starts with like homage to the original like he's watching the thing on television there's all these like references it feels like you know there's a lot of oh you know what's gonna come you know what's gonna happen and then you get like that spectacular kill it's foreshadowing when he's watching the thing because he's a bad babysitter but then like the middle of the film is just like this completely different movie that has nothing to do with anything previously and then they slid some characters into it and then the conclusion of the film is like this really bad payoff of watching the two nemesis's battle. It feels super rushed. It feels rushed, it feels out of place, and it feels like the Myers that you're given that's having the showdown with her is a weakened, lesser version of himself. So what's the point of this? I mean, I watched, watched this Myers get his ass kicked like three times in this movie. He got his ass kicked by a kid and had his mask stolen. I'm sorry, like this is just not what people want. He's old. He's been surviving off rats. For I, I feel four like years. there's a there's a difference between subverting expectations and just flat out not making the movie that people wanted to see. Like you were saying, like watching them all back to back, going through from the original Halloween to the remake, then the kills. When well, I remake reboot, and the way kills ends you know, that it's going to be this huge showdown. Like it ends with Michael Myers right. murdering all those people. Like when you think he's been beaten and he gets up and it's that, it's that long montage against like a black backdrop of just blood spraying everywhere as he's murdering everybody. Then he, then he goes and kills her daughter and then she's leaving the hospital or whatever. And she has the, the bloody knife is like, now I'm coming to get you. And then this movie starts and just goes, Nope, just kidding. That's not what we're doing at all. And it's like, then why right. do you end your last movie like that? if you had no intention or did they just change like did the pandemic give them almost too much time to be like you know what we actually don't want to do that story and then it's like yeah but why did you set it up at the end of kills to be the story that people wanted to just basically throw it back in their faces and be like nope you don't know what you want that's not that's not what you wanted 
as bad of a film as Kills was, as bad of the writing was, the kills in Kill were excellent. They're great. They're some of the best. There's some like really great battles. There's some really great kills. As far as a Halloween fan is concerned, even if the story is bad, you get nonstop Myers action in that film. And I was like, at least this movie has got some excellent fights and kills and stuff. I was like, there's not anything to complain about in that department. I don't understand how you could have gave us that. I, I thought this one was going to be off the chain. Like, I thought this one was going to be insane. Like, if, like, if that's what Kills is going to offer us, I'm like, this final showdown is just going to be like him killing half the town, right? Like, it's just going to be like pure un- unstopped mayhem. And instead we get him cyclically linking with a fruit and then... <laughs> And then the kid goes off and starts a weird, uncomfortable, romantic relationship with the granddaughter of Jamie Lee Curtis. And then you have this really creepy romance story where the kid starts killing people and 90% of the kills in this film come from this kid. Yeah, Myers only kills two people in this entire film. Then this kid is off in two seconds flat like it's nothing. And then we have this shoehorned battle between Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis, which is just full of exposition back from the original film. Remember the sewing needle? Remember this? Mm -hmm. Remember that? That's not what people fucking want. Like, I'm not even a fan of this and I'm angry for you. Like, I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck is this shit? I agree. I was a lot like that, too, where, like, as a fan, I was like, what the fuck is it? And then I started trying to remove myself and think, okay, my expectations aside, what were the filmmakers trying to do? Not what I wanted, what they wanted. And I feel like they were trying to sort of deconstruct the Halloween franchise and deconstruct Michael Myers and be like, oh, he's not a boogeyman. He's just a man. At least I think that's what they're trying to do, but they didn't do it well. They didn't do it at all. I was like wondering because like Michael Myers is hanging out in a fucking sewer. He's like he gets his ass kicked every time we see him, which really disappointed me because what I loved in 2018 Halloween is like I felt like it made Michael Myers scary again. Michael Myers, he's an icon. You see him everywhere. You know, every Halloween story, you see Michael Myers shit. And I thought 2018 did a good job of like anytime he shows up on screen, you're like, oh shit, Michael Myers is on screen. And kills for better or worse continue that where Michael Myers shows up on screen. You're like, oh, fuck. And in this movie, he's like an afterthought. It's like they wrote the script and then a studio exec read it. It was like, guys, you forgot Michael Myers. And they're like, fuck, right. okay. We, exactly. Like, oh, it, we got to put him in. But I felt like that was their intent was to be like, oh, Michael isn't scary. He's just a man. It's just the town made him scary. But there's a way to go about that that yeah, doesn't yeah. involve him yeah. being psychically linked with this kid. I mean, did you like the part when the kid was able to control him with his psychic powers? He's grabbing him with the hand and like making him like physically drive Myers yeah. as who the fuck is this movie for? I don't know about the rest of you. I don't mean to go all over the place, but I found the romance and all of the romance story stuff horribly uncomfortable. There was a point with it where I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. Like, I just feel like I don't. Those two actors have like zero chemistry together, yeah. which isn't helping anything at all. I think I would have started the beginning of this movie the same way where it started with this new character. Mm-hmm. And I would have it lead to him finding Michael Myers without seeing any Laurie Strode at all. Be like the son of Michael Myers type story where they're killing together or something like he's learning from him. And then I want Laurie Strode to show up like the shape. I want her to be like, it took me four years to find him and I'm going to fucking kill him. That's what I kind of thought they were going to do. But Laurie has somehow moved on. She doesn't really seem to care that, you know, her daughter's killed by the shape. But to, you know, to circle back to the romance, there are so many 
laughable moments with Allison and Corey. Which like there's like one scene where like they're having like a really dramatic talk on the street, and she just like holds her hands out, palms out, while they're arguing. The fuck is she doing? Like, <laughs> she's reaching out to him. I got that. She was saying like, put your hands in mine, and I'll, I'll help you. And he refused her her oh, offering okay. of, of. I got that part. That's, and then that's she put fair. the hands to her face. Huge flaw in this movie which is there's a scene where no (laughs) the biggest flaw in the entire movie is there's a scene where Corey kills and Michael kills and it cuts to him on a motorcycle oh and I 100% wanted Michael Myers to be on the back of it oh my god so did I (laughs) I was like please tell me Michael was right when the hand came around and had the rings I was was like damn it that editing was like so perfect that I was just like I was just like oh my god are they riding together like I want that it should be the fingerless hand that comes up and started (laughs) like caressing his lips or something but uh there's like another scene Corey I think he kills his first person and then he goes and he makes his impassioned plea to Allison. He's like, uh, just come walk with me. I need to talk with you. And as soon as they walk away, he goes, I killed someone. I'm like, what the? They're like, whiplash. Like, And then she's like, I know. Yeah. And she's all horny for him. And I'm like, because he's, he's already killed somebody. And then uh, the other scene, which is amazing. Once again, I had to pause during the scene. It's like, <laughs> Corey's talking to his mom and the way she's framed it's just Corey and his mom and she's screaming at him and they have an argument and then she walks away and the dad's and sitting in the background dude, I don't know if he's his dad or stepdad he's comic relief she walks away and that guy's sitting like in the corner he was there the entire time for this argument and then he just goes I hope you find love I fucking died it's like something <laughs> out of the room I'm like what what I like the dad. I thought he was great. I liked him, but like just her screaming at him. Well, he had to stay low because that's what you get yelled at. Like he had to stay under her radar. Uh, maybe. That's why he kept his mouth shut. I just love it that you're <laughs> he scared no of idea. his wife. Yeah. You had no idea yeah. he's in this scene and then she leaves and then he just goes, I hope you find love. And I'm like, what? 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 That's the dialogue? Like that's what's written? Is Yeah. It felt like student film 101 dialogue there. I thought he was being supportive of his son. Uh, I mean, he is. That's definitely the intense i feel like that's the other problem that i have with this film is it never it feels like it never commits fully to any of these ideas that it wants no. to do which is like yeah which is like again i i'd maybe even appreciate this movie more if it would commit to what it wants does it want it to be about how michael myers really isn't the boogeyman like he was just a goofy guy in a mask that just happened to kill all these people that's fine if that's the if that's the direction when i go but it doesn't commit to that it switches it to again the weird you know he looks into his eyes and transfers his spirit but again it doesn't fully commit to that idea either because it's no. like yeah is Corey supposed to somehow get like the shape's powers because he you know they connected and it's like not really he just also suddenly wants to kill people too I almost wanted it to go even further of like the other thing it seems to want to do with uh, again the starting with the 2018 version is that it's all like very contained to how the Strode family feels about it then kills expands it to be the whole town's whipped up into a a panic of you know mob mentality and then this film seems to partially want to talk about all of that momentum and these events have like basically poisoned the whole town and like they they reference multiple times about like like you don't want it to get infected like talking about his hand and then after he deals with michael she looks at and says says you're getting infected and that's almost like i wanted that to be a, a plot point of like truly show that like michael's like infecting the town like make them almost bring people even more crazier there's that but that's like some curse of michael myers shit well yeah but well i'm not <laughs> saying to do it like full-on like supernaturally like could just be that like that like it's not like a supernatural force that's literally 
literally infecting them, but that it's just like their whole mentality is just everyone's so negative about it. Like how multiple times people keep yelling at Laurie about how she's ruined the town because, you know, that one woman uh, that got stabbed in the throat with the light bulb, like, like she was perfectly fine, but then you had to, yeah, you had to bring him around. And then there's, you know, the mother yells too about how everyone ignored her son because of, you know, Laurie Strode, the hero of Haddonfield, like make it so that like you really get to see that this whole town is just everybody in it is all like the worst people because they've all just been like, again, like not a supernatural infection, but like just the mentality of we all live in Haddonfield and it's all just killing us because we can't escape Michael Myers, which the film feels like it wants to bring up, but then other times just wants to ignore. And it's like, no, these people are all just kind of generally nice in town. It's just a handful of them that have problems. Or like the year after Michael Myers came back and attacked this town, one year later, this couple were going out to a party. You think that Halloween would not be a thing, and that would be kind of what happens to Haddonfield, that they'd be afraid. They don't celebrate it anymore. Like they canceled it, yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That'd be a good That's what should have been called Halloween canceled. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with Chuck. What is my big problem with this film is like it does have all these ideas, but doesn't want to commit to them because because uh, I thought that too. I'm like, oh, is this a story about how Michael has poisoned Haddonfield? They start kind of dancing with the question like, is evil born or is evil created? It never wants to explore that idea really beyond evil Corey. dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> yeah. But it never really commits to that idea either. Then, like you said, it never really commits to whether or not Corey is just helping Michael or if Michael's, like, and Corey have some sort of psychic connection. It does feel like with these ideas, it read these unused ideas for previous Halloween sequels and just put them in a blender because I think it was Halloween 4, the original plot was going to be yeah. how Haddonfield is sort of haunted by Myers, even though Myers is dead. Doesn't he take himself and put himself into the little girl in 5? Yeah. Because yes, they're related. Is, they're family. Plot, yeah. So yeah, like the fifth one is about the little girl really being Myers, so... And the sixth one's about Paul Rudd. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the original plot of, of Five was supposed to be Michael and the little girl as these dueling serial killers. They're both out killing uh, separately, but they kind of become enemies. This film had like five writers on it. It wasn't the same, you know, um, but I feel like they read well, all these One of them was ideas. Danny McBride. Yeah. He's written yeah, all Danny of them. <laughs> You'd he's think this would have been yeah. better. Yeah, he's written all of them, and I think Kevin Williamson worked on this one, too. Um, he didn't have a credit. I saw something that someone said Ke- Kevin Williamson. When somebody's like, this movie wasn't written very well, and I see, like, four names pop up, that's probably the reason why. <laughs> yeah, the more the more writers, typically the worst the film is. But yeah, I feel like they just read all these unused ideas for sequels and thought, oh, well, what if we just do them all? And it really would have benefited this film to have been a far more focused if I remember correctly, though, they greenlit two more Halloween movies after Halloween 2018 did so well. So it probably was supposed to end there. We trapped Michael Myers and it had like the sick ass ending. I liked that. I thought that that was kind of cool when it could have ended just fine. And when they were like, we're going to make two more. It's weird how flawed they are because they must have had a hell of a lot more time. And the ideas were really flowing for that 2018 version. Well, at least the second one stuck to the premise. Like this one's so far off the rails. Like it's, I wouldn't even call it a Halloween movie. It just happens to have characters from the Halloween franchise. There were a few times where I wasn't even sure if it was happening in October. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I thought that too. When it jumped to years later, I was unsure if it was even supposed to.
supposed to be October. So I read that Danny McBride and David Gordon Green, when they pitched this Halloween reboot, they pitched it as a two-film arc. Then they did 2018, and then after that was a big success, they got greenlit for two more. So part of me feels like Kills was always meant to either be the beginning of this one or the original ending of 2018. But then when it got greenlit for two more films, they are like, oh, we gotta pad this out. If you end 2018 with Michael stuck in a birding building, and then a second movie is about this kid finding Michael and sort of becoming his protege, while the people of Hadfield are getting whipped up into a frenzy, and wow, Laurie's still out obsessed with revenge, I think it would feel a little bit more focused. That's just me guessing. I don't know what their original intentions are beyond they said that they pitched it as a two-film. Two would have been a great time yeah. to bring Corey into it, since Laurie really didn't have much of a connection to Michael in that second movie. She didn't even have any interaction with him. Mm -hmm. The last film felt more conclusive to the series. Okay, like, you guys are presenting, like, the idea of, like, that he's an infection, right? So, like, what if he died in the sewer, and then if you want to get supernatural, then, like, his body goes into the water system. I wish he would say that Michael's first words are, hey, do you want to get supernatural? <laughs> right? <laughs> But, like, he could, like, pollute the water supply, and then you could have people in the town being infected by Myers Actually, and, that like, going on a killing which would have been really great. The other thing I thought this film was going to do, and, like, it started to, and then goes back and forth with it, as you guys said, like, it doesn't really, like, stick with its ideas. I thought that he was going to control Myers and that he wasn't going to do any of the killing. He was going to use Myers to do his killing for him. That's what it feels like it was going to be. So it's like, and as, as he controls Myers, he gains more. Yeah, he like the killing spree for all these people that he hated that they right. built up to yeah. would have been much cooler. Yeah, that's, that's another idea that I felt like they didn't really want to expand on or do anything with was like the first three people he kills are all related to Allison. Like they're all people that have caused problems for her. Like yeah. it's the it's the cop that like harasses her. It's the girl at work that got promoted because she's with her boss. So it almost feels like that would be a plot element of, you know, maybe the cops would go to Allison and like raise suspicion. She doesn't even notice that they're dead. Yeah, yeah that the, all these people that she knows that have been causing her problems, like you'd think like then the cops would go and be like, you know, it's interesting. All these people that you're connected to suddenly start dying and like where what's happening to all of them? And, and that never happens. And like that was another question that I was like, when when is that going to get addressed that? Yeah, even when Laurie Strode's like, I think Corey's bad news. I think he's doing things. And she's like, you're crazy, grandma. He's not doing anything. I'm like, yeah, you haven't noticed like all these people in your life that are just suddenly up up and disappeared and murdered and aren't around anymore like you don't notice you think that? she'd have a better idea of this kind of behavior too considering what she's grown up around she should have some level of intuition even if she wants to rebel against grandma like for fuck's sakes you've seen what she can fucking do your mom was killed by myers might want to be a little bit more subdued with things I felt that those two characters would have been so close because of the events of what happened. Or I thought that Myers was going to like infect her too and that she was going to start killing. And then it would be interesting because then the Lori's got to deal with her granddaughter being a killer now when all this time she's been protecting her from him. And then he like yeah. gets inside of her and then you got to like deal with that. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I was going with it. Like it starts with. Corey meets Michael and then like Corey somehow brings Allison in and like I don't know how they do it naturally but even if it's something stupid as like Michael looks into her eyes and then she's almost like hypnotized by like the allure of his power and then Corey like takes her to the house of 
her friend and her boss and is like instructing her along with Mike. No, you see, all you have to do is just kill them and then they won't be in your way anymore and then you'll get everything. And like, that's another way I was meaning like, uh, like showing like the infection in the town is like he just keeps spreading to more people by like just even being near them. They're just like kind of like that pure evil that he's supposed to be just exudes itself onto them. It's treated like a big thing, a big cliffhanger at the end of Kills that Judy Greer's character is, is murdered and she's like an afterthought in this movie. Allison and Lori seem to have moved on and she's barely mentioned. Like they barely seem affected. She's by on this. the background of her phone. What else? Do you <laughs> yeah, she's a background and she's a picture uh, to show you her character's dead. You guys mentioned like all these people close to Allison are being murdered and this movie keeps telling you how they tell you, they don't show you. They keep telling you how Haddonfield hasn't moved on from Myers and you know, Myers has left a mark on this town but when these brutal murders start happening again, nobody really seems to notice or say anything. You know, Lori's like, oh, I think Corey is bad news, but when people are getting murdered, Lori doesn't do anything. Well, and the sheriff doesn't do anything, and he's yeah, got to yeah, be investigating these cases. Yeah, there's none of that. There's none of, oh, these murders are started up again. Maybe the killer, who's been on the loose for four years, is back. He's too busy being there for fan service, talking about cherry blossoms. Uh, is he even the sheriff? I don't know. I, I think he's retired at that point. I like yeah. when the main cop that shows up for like one second, he's like, this isn't right, but hell yeah, let's do this. <laughs> Watching the last moments of Michael getting crushed is great, but they should have had it happen together in the oh, finale. That that's so weird too oh yeah i killed him this time for sure he's totally dead in this weird five minute the end sequence of a fan service and then all the townspeople come out and watch her drive down the street with the corpse on the roof of the car and then they put it into like a grinder to make sure that it could never ever like come back again there's a whole other film there's something we're missing like all these townspeople just showing up and dealing with this and like i get that they want to see him disposed of but there really should have been a film that brought Brought the town together for this end scene or something that happened that caused everyone in the town to feel some sort of unification in the death of this thing like i understand like if that was the ending in the last movie that would have made sense to me but yeah the exactly. fact that it was the ending in this movie it just feels like okay is there a whole other film that you made and you just like chopped the front off of that film and then <laughs> the back off of the other film and then like glued them to the middle of this other film yeah i thought it should have just ended in the kitchen you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah i thought that was really weird too we get this like five minute fist fight in the kitchen between Lori and Michael with the bloodletting. <laughs> she disposes of him very quickly and then she straps him to the hood of her car and starts creating his body around town and everyone just joins in. I'm like, what the what the fuck is like another one of the many ridiculous things. And then uh yeah, they throw him into grinder thing. It's like ridiculous the way that it happens. I could imagine if she was like dragging his body down the street that people would be like, Oh shit, that's Lori Strode, Michael Myers and just like starts following her. Mm -hmm. But, like, obviously, that's everyone calling everyone else that's like, hey, we're going to grind Michael Myers' body up. <laughs> they got, like, Lori standing there, too, all centered in the frame when she rolls his body into the grinder. And it, this woman wasn't even the focus of this film. I thought they were both going in that grinder for a moment. I kind of thought that, too. Like, maybe he'd grab her and pull her in, which I think that would have been a great ending. I was kind of hoping for, I think the ultimate ending would have been them just killing each other. The end is that nobody gets out that's just it takes it all completely off the table and that this woman's gone and that he's gone and it's all gone there's not enough of a conclusion to this and it's gonna piss people off too much and if you think that this is the end of this franchise you're fucking crazy they're totally making more of these because nobody liked this this isn't yeah. what people wanted the fans didn't want this this is not a definitive conclusion that fans were looking for and you were building towards that but you didn't give them that it's pretty definitive he's 
smushed, and uh, everything was really nice at the end. Of so it's not heard, the film that people want. I had heard rumors that the ending was reshot. Once again, none of this is confirmed. This is stuff I've heard. That there were a couple different endings, and it was reshot because they didn't test well. But I heard there was an ending where Laurie and Michael kill each other, and I heard there is a different ending where Corey doesn't die on Laurie's floor like he does in his film, and Laurie kills Michael, and it seems to insinuate that whatever entity is possessing Michael passes into Corey, so then the ending is that Corey could become the next shape. So Jason goes to hell shit. All right. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> Friday the 13th, part five. I heard that those endings didn't test well for audiences, so they reshot it. Once again, unconfirmed rumors, just stuff I've read from test screenings is supposedly this is... Uh, oh, you bring supernatural shit in in the third movie seems weird. Yeah. It seems incredibly weird, especially when the whole goal was to get it back to its roots. You didn't like where everything went when you get into the four and five. That's when things start getting off the rails and getting all kind of weird and people start going like, eh, these are not where I want it. And then you get cursed, which was a fucking mess. People wanted to get back to the roots of what makes Halloween Halloween, which is like, it's a straight slasher. He's a, like a brutal monster. You know, we want a little bit of Friday the 13th spice in there like he's not a supernatural being to me other than the fact that he's kind of unkillable and he's just pure rage like those are his supernatural factors he gets shot a lot and it doesn't affect him i mean we ain't making shocker here <laughs> this is not a guy jumping from body to body once you get into that jumping from body to body stuff and you just like go outside of like the box at this juncture space is the only way we can go <laughs> hey or take it back a notch like have that doling serial killer thing where somebody is killing and they think it's Michael Myers but it's not but real Michael Myers is like offended by it yeah that would have been a good conclusion though where you talked about Laurie and him throwing down in the kitchen and then she kills him completely stops Myers but Myers physically passes into the kid and then the kid kills Laurie and what that essentially would do would end that franchise kind of like Candyman where it's like the idea still exists on so now this kid is the new Myers and you can start a new franchise of Halloween films with this kid that are completely separate and not attached to any of the original lore other than being that you know where he came from it's just not a definitive ending the way they've done it it just felt like you know after 40 years and especially these past years of building this up as the final confrontation between Laurie and Michael it felt very underwhelming and felt like final confrontation was an afterthought that felt like the filmmakers wanted to tell a different story and they're like ah oh, shit we gotta have this it's disappointing, but I think it kind of came together okay in the story. Mm. Like, I think that he found Lori in kind of the natural way of following that Corey kid around who found them. Yeah. But it also was like, I never bought the chemistry between him and Allison. I thought that that was rough. It would have made more sense if he was kind of obsessed with Laurie Strode. Yeah. It should have gone like a 45-minute throwdown between Laurie and him. No, that would have worked. <laughs> and at the house, the house that she's in, you think it's not rigged, but it's actually like completely rigged. <laughs> she acts like she doesn't care, but she's like, got you guys again. It is like, it's also a trap. <laughs> it's like Rambo, like that terrible new Rambo film where he's got all the tunnels under his house and shit and like all rigged up with bombs and things that's really what laurie's been doing all this time and it's just like you know what it still would have been a better film than we were given even if it sounds like nonsense i didn't hate this film as much as i you don't hate anything like I going to. <laughs> yeah i a lot of it was funny and it was like james said it was out of context funny but i feel like that's something that happens with a lot of these slasher sequels do you really enjoy the eighth movie as much as the original you, you really don't yes and my favorite thing I think about Halloween when going through all the Halloween movies is 
The continuity is so fucking off on these movies. Laurie Strode has died twice. Michael's died a few times. And I think where this movie, the totes, the idea of having Corey and Michael together is something that's a little bit different than where they try to replace them in the franchise, like how we had the kid that tried to replace Jason and then where Jason did the body swapping shit. I kind of like the son of Michael Myers idea, even if it wasn't the best idea. I was more interested with Corey. Like I almost would have rather that had nothing to do with Laurie Strode and saved her for another movie. But or this something. is how you restart it. This is how you like come back to things. This is how you start the franchise up again. Yeah, you start it idea. with this kid who's having all this stuff. And then all of a sudden he like finds Myers, not even Myers alive, just Myers artifacts would be fine. Like the mask and all that kind of stuff. And then the film ends with him transitioning into being the new whatever. It's not the end that anyone that was watching these previous films would I know I keep going back to that I just like I'm astonished I'm like, has it ever worked I think of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull there's a funny moment where Shia LaBeouf's about to put the hat on and then he's like nope because nobody fucking wants that although it would be kind of cool if the guy was like I'm the new Michael Myers and Michael's like I'm sorry there's only one Michael yeah. Myers I mean I agree with what Lexi said is I feel like this would have been a really good idea for a reboot of the franchise and I feel like that's what they wanted to do but they felt obligated to put in Laurie and Michael and those things felt like afterthoughts because I did feel like they're more interested in Corey and his struggle and that could have been a movie they make five years from now as they do a new story about this new kid. I wanted it to be that all his kills were continued to be accidents because his <laughs> first two are like first he kills that kid and then he at, like accidentally stabs that homeless guy and I was like is this going to be the thing in this movie is like you're a murderer and he's like no I swear it was an accident like and it just as he knocks somebody they're dead. <laughs> yeah and he, and he just like keeps doing it and they just keep going Michael Myers must be back it's got to be something to do with this kid and he's like i swear it's, it's I, I didn't mean to it that sounds like an excellent film i want That's that amazing. movie yeah, i just I want it. the movie about a kid who just keeps accidentally killing people Everybody, until he's yeah. like literally labeled like a serial killer like he didn't kill anyone but then he like at the end he accidentally like bumps michael myers and michael myers falls into that grinder <laughs> Tucker thing and dale versus evil it's yeah. kind of yeah. like yeah. right like that kind of thing yeah that's a great movie. Well, let's That's think about movie. this too. David Gordon Green, he's doing the exact same thing to the Exorcist franchise now. No. He is. He's doing no. He's doing a sequel that takes place 50 years after the he's original. He's got Exorcist this. followed by Exorcist Kills and finishing and up Exorcist with Exorcist ends. <laughs> Oh god. But it's the same concept of we're ignoring every sequel in between. It's going to bring back the original woman. But like, instead of possessing people, there's not gonna be any possession in the Exorcist film. That's how the, the last one's gonna end. It's just gonna be like real people. It's like a total opposite. I'm very curious to see how his new Exorcist trilogy. Is that Blumhouse? Uh, yeah. As well, yeah. oh God. Ellen Burstyn's coming back. Oh. Well, you gotta think about, it's David Gordon Green. That's the guy that's making these movies because I The Exorcist think... is a masterpiece and you need to leave it alone and stop trying to like, what do you Benefit mean? How many Exorcist movies? Remember when there was like Exorcist the prequel and then prequel the ex? I was so confused. That, there were like that two prequels. Exorcist together. prequel wasn't bad. It was actually pretty Exorcist good. Exorcist but... the beginning and then it was like Dominion, the, the, the prequel to Exorcist. Yeah. I mean, it made some me of think those... of that. What's that show that HBO had with? It was Alfred. It was like oh, yeah. <laughs> Pennyworth, Butler, The Rise of Batman's yeah. Butler. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, that title reminded me of. The Exorcist is a is a masterpiece, the greatest horror film ever made, in my opinion. So I agree, one hundred percent. You gotta bring your A game when tackling. Oh yeah. It. So you get David Gordon Green. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, 
God bless them. It's going to end you know? at the end. It's going to have somebody doing some narration for a book they're writing. It's going to say, maybe Pazuzu's just a part of all of us. Maybe he's not the real <laughs> evil. <laughs> you know, the ending of ends a little bit for a moment. I thought that she was making this shit up in a story. Uh, if Allison didn't say like, she comes out and she says like, he killed all those people. If they just ignored it, I would have thought it was like a dream or something in Lori's head. That she's just like still obsessed and she's just like writing this book about about how she wishes he was still around for her to kill him. Yeah. That would almost again, that's almost a more interesting it's a idea. Much better that, film. That yeah. like that she's like that she still just sees the shape everywhere and then just reveal that, oh no, actually Michael has been dead for the past four years. Like he's just been in that sewer and he hasn't been around for this whole time, but she's imagining things and she's just that psychotic. Evil did die that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've made four better films in this discussion than what we were given. And I, I hate to get caught up on that little phrase, but that movie kills does over Evil dies tonight. They wrote it, and then like there's so many people chanting it. It keeps getting brought up. It's not even a good line, and they keep trying to make it a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and at least that's a good thing that it didn't end up in this movie. God, Gretchen, stop trying to make Evil dies tonight a thing. There should have been someone with a shirt on that said that just in the background just somewhere. Like of this film would be great if there was somebody that was still walking around with it or it was like a bumper sticker on someone's car that like they were yeah, still yeah. I did like some of the kills in this. I particularly did like the radio DJ that his tongue was on the turntable. Oh, yeah. That's like the only good kill. There were almost all the rest of uh, them are all off screen. Half the kills aren't even like shown to you. Or like that girl that gets run over. I thought she was dead, but then she's just Under like the underneath the wire fence. Well, and then there's like a lot of kills that they just don't even show you. Like yeah. there's a lot of off scene kills. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Joe Bob. Do you? No Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Darcy right. the male girl was in this. And I was so excited. I was like, Darcy the male girl's in this. And I was like, Darcy's going to get killed. She's going to love this. And like, she has an off screen kill. And I was like, who the fuck killed Darcy the male girl in an off screen kill in this movie? Like, which character? That's is the that one. She's, she's the receptionist. She's at the radio station. Yeah. She's the blonde at the oh. radio station, the big titted blonde that's cutting up the paper. Right before he goes in and kills the DJ, you just see her like in the window getting thrown around. And that's all you get. <laughs> it's like in the, yeah, it's like blurred out in the background because like, he can't uh, hear because he's enjoying his song. I felt, I felt bad for her not getting a better kill. That's all. I agree because I saw Darcy. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a big that's cameo. A, you got to wait till the extended cut. Yeah. I guess. Can we talk about how the bullies were band kids? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, I, I was like, oh, wait, the band kids are bullies? Hey. Like the one kid's that, that felt like that's a yeah, Canadian thing. That felt like the continuation of like that Heather's reboot that was like actually the theater kids are the bad guys and the and the normal oh, kids yeah. are the ones that are getting bullied now because they'll they'll be canceled because they, they, they don't conform to being unique or something like that. Like that felt like this of like who came up with the weird band kids are the ones that like beat people up and like throw them off of a bridge, like like what's yeah. happening here? <laughs> There was one girl that had like some morality to her, just just was like following along with everyone else. You just killed that guy. When no, we didn't. If we just leave right now, we didn't kill that so, guy. So like when I was a kid and I went to school in America, the jocks were like the popular kids in school kind of thing. Like that seems to be an American thing. But like when I went back to Canada and finished out high school, the band kids ruled the school. When you guys like talk about this, I'm like, that's Canadian. Like I'm like all the drama kids and the band kids, like the the jocks were like 
nerds like nobody respected them nobody appreciated them like we all had terrible sports teams and nobody gave a shit about them but like our theater kids like had such great plays that like people came from like other towns to come see like the productions our school put on and our band stuff was like top tier and all the band kids were like so fucking cool and i was like what world did i wander into i'm like uh, this is such a strange like dynamic switch i love canada (laughs) uh but those band kids so that brings up another thing of the movie is like everyone in this movie has the most extreme reaction to everything mm-hmm. there's Everyone's no like, at an 11. this is a movie where if you bump into someone at a grocery store they fucking yeah. stab you like it has bad kids they just like throw this guy off a bridge like he touched my lebaron like, every, char- <laughs> yeah, like, every character in this movie is like that hope where, you like, enjoy your just, milk they just don't react normally I've seen that in other slasher films, like in the later Friday the 13th movies, every character is like that, where they're always at an 11 and they always just react in the most extreme way to any sort of stimuli. And this movie is is like that too, where a minor inconvenience and they just fucking turn it up to 11. Every character's movie has like one speed. And what was the point of showing the bully kid's dad also being a bully to him when he's getting his LeBaron fixed? Where bullies come from. And then he stops him and he goes, I know that you're bullied by your dad and that's why you react the way you do. But then he kills him. I'm like, well... Well, he didn't say it in such a nice way. But it's still... He's like, your dad doesn't love you. I've seen it firsthand. That's fair. I do like that he was getting beat up by children. I kind of wish they were younger kids, like middle school kids, like 12-year-olds would beat the shit out of this guy. I mean, not one kid in this movie is nice. The very first kid that gets killed, I'm like, thank God. He's such a fucking asshole. (laughs) He was really mean to him, too, where he's like, you're an ugly male babysitter or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, every kid is a piece of shit in this movie. This is a good advertisement for condoms. This is why you shouldn't shouldn't have. Haddonfield's a terrible place for children. It's just all garbage there. It's yeah. Just garbage children town. I mean, I guess I did have that thought in the beginning when the mom's talking about the conditions that her kids going through because of Michael Myers. I thought that he was gonna kill the babysitter. I really did think he was gonna murder that kid. The tables had turned. So why why was the mother of the kid that was killed at that sleazy bar party? I feel like that's where she was at that first year i felt like she probably just goes because i was like these people have money i I mean i know they moved out of their mansion but they moved out of it based on trauma but we're talking like a four-story mansion they clearly have money i can see like trauma i just didn't understand like bringing them back the way they did and what have you i'm like i don't know why they would just start hanging out in all these white trash like areas of town and stuff just felt out of place i really did like that scene too where the dad talking about his incident where he drove up to talk to Corey, and he's like there was nothing in his eyes. Corey like lowered his head to like look into the guy's window. He just looked like Corey. Yeah, like, there was like nothing like, suspicious. He didn't look about like him at all. <laughs> right. He didn't look evil or anything to me. And then the guy yeah. just they away. didn't even use a little CG to give us like a glint or something to kind of give us a yeah. reason. Maybe that's just the only bar in Haddonfield. That's just the only place they can go. Was it the them. same one as Kills? I think uh, so. I don't know. Maybe. I'm gonna say it was. What's the officer in the first movie? He makes the bond me. He makes the yeah, bond. Yeah, one hundred percent. I saw that on the sign. It was like his like bond me restaurant, and I was like, oh, that's where that guy got bond me yeah, sandwiches. That's from. where they because that guy made one line from that first movie that they made it a restaurant that they were at like four separate times yeah. in this movie. Where are they getting Vietnamese sandwiches? That place where Corey jumped up, knocked the table over to show oh, that he's okay. aggressive against <laughs> the cop. Right. 
was there no signs to her that this kid that she's decided to have a crush on is horrifically unhinged? Uh, have you met her grandmother? Well, I mean, the first night of the party, he was pretty sweet. But then after he's thrown in the ditch, you know, finds Myers and comes back, he's like completely unhinged like he's like flying off the handle and slamming things all the time and i'm just like i just like he was like a nice kid until he was thrown in that pitch i mean he really wasn't a bad character up until like getting tipped over the bridge by the band kids and that kind of was the, the thing that snapped him so to speak because he was pretty much putting up with being treated like shit by the town but the people who knew him were like he really isn't a bad kid it really was an accident he doesn't deserve what happened if this to him. uh if this movie was more in the 80s 100 percent after he made the change when he got thrown in the ditch that would be when he gets the motorcycle like it'd be like right. all of a sudden like i felt almost like they were going we talked about cursed last time like i almost felt like they were also going for like the he's like jesse eisenberg where like he kind of swoops his hair a little bit differently now because now he's a rebel and you can tell he's a tough guy because he doesn't wear his glasses anymore like he's cool now and he rides a motorcycle he, he got rid of his bike felt like that was also where this was going like not only is he now a murderer he's also just kind of cooler there were tons of red flags of him but she was just not seeing him their text messages were funny where it was like you want to go to this costume party i don't have a costume and she's like damn baby i'm gonna get you a costume and then that's the end of the conversation yeah we'll get you a scarecrow mask from the dollar store i can fix them see what they should have done was they should have got a clown mask from the store no that had been too i i thought the exact same thing of like would would that have been like too on the nose to have him wear the clown mask to just be like i think it would have really foreshadow it looked a lot like it, the know? film starts with such heavy on the nose that it basically like punches you in it with like the the thing yeah, on the TV. I will and... agree that it's it's super surprising that he doesn't have the clown mask. Like that's the right. most shocking thing is that they didn't go for that idea. Because this film goes back and forth between like fan service and like fuck the fans completely. Oh, you want here's some fan service. All right, fuck you guys again. There's just like there's so <laughs> much back and forth between like I'm gonna give you all the fan service to I'm not gonna give you any. Like that final battle, like I like the exposition, like, oh, I heard you stabbed him in the neck with the snowing needle one time. And she doesn't say anything to that. And then like the film ends with her picking up the snowing needle and stabbing. Like, that's not going to fuck. She gets like stabbed in the ear and doesn't seem to have any problem. Hearing. Right. After we watched, wasn't there a movie that we watched where they were like stabbing people in the ear and that's how they were killing them too. There's something I saw recently with that. I don't know. I'm thinking of rabbit, but that's the thing. I know. No, yeah, no, no, that's so. not rabbit. That's uh, <laughs> the, I can't remember, but it's not rabbit. Rabbit's in the apartment building where the people get infected with the water or something because they built it on an island no that's shivers is that no no and then the one that you're talking about is the one with the porn star where she gets in the motorcycle accident and then the laboratory does something to her and then she has the the needle in her armpit so when she goes to fuck men yeah this movie was made with a porn star but it's not called uh rabid it's called something else it's definitely rabid no it's not it's i know it's cronenberg i know it's not rabid i know that for a fact Hold on. Chuck is going to Chuck tell is going to tell us. Consulting the Oracle. I know my Canadian horror directors. Chuck was a fact checker before he was a host. It's yeah, it's my it's my main role. That's true. I have to say Justin is 100% correct it is rabid. It is rabid? No. Yes. 
Yes. With the with the, the needles in the armpit? I mean, I mean the school you on yep. the podcast. No, that's fair. Like Chuck said, I was right once on the last episode. <laughs> what was it? I kept, I would be like, oh, that Sam Peckinpah film. You're like, no, that's that was the one not with Sam the, and then like That's the one with the porn star? Yep. The porn star is the main character? Yep. That gets injured in a motorcycle accident and undergoes a surgical operation and has an orifice under one of her arms. I thought you Canadians knew your Cronenberg. I you're really swear to God. I'd... Kind of embarrassing. Yourself. I still don't think that's right, but... We'll, we'll go along with it. <laughs> Overall, they take some bold swings, and it's messy. And I think that's the thing I'm most surprised about, is that the first movie, 18, seems so tight. I felt like after Kills, it was going to be more focused on Lori in a way, but it focused on less characters than Kills did. But obviously, yeah, when people think that they're clever, where they're like, oh, that's definitely not going to be the last Halloween. No shit, it's not going to be the last Halloween. There's no way. Yeah. Maybe they'll take a break, but there will be more Halloween. Yeah, and even Jason Blum admitted a couple weeks ago in an interview, he's like, yeah, we're definitely going to do more. Like, this isn't the last one. You know, he said that this is basically Jamie Lee Curtis's last one. But I feel like, you know, a couple years, we'll get a fresh reboot. Michael Myers will be back somehow. Well, we get to see what timeline they pick up this time. Yeah, yeah, I feel like this could be reboot. Just gonna restart it. It's gonna be the, just like Resurrection, where they're like, it wasn't Michael that yeah, you killed. Re- it was some poor. See, guy. the new one's gonna have Kanye, and it's gonna go after uh, Jamie, and it's gonna say anti-Semitic stuff to her. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> while we're bringing back all these old characters from previous films, I mean, we couldn't find somewhere to put Busta Rhymes in this film. Yeah, Even I, if I was going to say, continuity. why isn't he not there? As much as I like Anthony Michael Hall, he wasn't that great in Kills, and I really wish it was just Paul Rudd. I, I just uh, wish they would have just kept Paul Rudd. I, I said on Twitter today, I'm like, just cut the foreplay and finally make that Michael Myers versus Pinhead movie that they tried making you know, in like 2004. I don't need a deep meditation on trauma and whether or not evil is born or created. I need a deep meditation on who would win in a fight. Michael Myers and Pinhead. Just just make that. I don't know. Probably Pinhead. Pinhead would win, yes. But uh... how about this? Bob Odenkirk did shit, and he's in two <laughs> Halloween movies now. Yeah. He's the picture of Bob from the 2000 and, or sorry, the 1978 film because they couldn't get the, the actor, like, wouldn't release the rights to his image or some shit. So they just searched Bob photo, like high school photo. And I think the first thing that came up was Bob Odenkirk. So that's what they're using. Uh, so I was thinking of Shivers. That's the one that's in the We know this. I know. He said rabbit, and I said shivers, and you said, like, no to Did both of us. Did you say shivers? Yeah. I completely, like, missed that. All right, never mind. I'm just not here. No, it's funny. It's, like, 15 yeah. minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> What the hell is the next anniversary? We did Peeping Tom because we had no Halloweens. And we knew that we didn't want to milk out the entire Halloween franchise because we can't be like, ah, it's our anniversary. We're doing Halloween 5. You could always start on the Friday the 13th films. But we kind of did a Friday the 13th episode. Uh, Yeah, and their rumors have been swirling the past few months of of a new Friday the 13th film. Is that the Planet Jason? Because Planet Jason would be the best film ever. If they would actually make it, you, you know that one, Planet Voorhees. I don't think I know. That's that the one where Jason Jason's there. in space and he gets dropped on like a planet, just like kills the entire planet. <laughs> Shit, I'm there. I guess there's there's been quiet rumors that you know another one's going to be happening finally, but uh, who knows? You could also do The Exorcist. Oh God, we could pick a good director. You could, yeah. <laughs> 
Or just do a different horror franchise. We did pick a good director. We went with John Carpenter. That is fair. It started out with him, at least. We've done some bad ones, too. It doesn't really matter. I would say David Gordon Green's kind of been in the middle with his movies. I think he's a solid director. I just feel like the scripts for two out of the three of these movies were... I saw a trailer for something he was in it, like the cast. Oh, I didn't know. I'm trying to remember all the trailers I saw. The one was really funny was the Blumhouse one for Megan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the child doll thing. But it's like dancing in the montage of her killing people. And I think it's like really funny. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be funny. But there, yeah, there was something else that I saw. David Gordon Green was an actor. Oh, it was uh, it was that Bones and All. Did you oh, see the trailer yeah. for that? Yeah, I saw the trailer. No, I haven't seen that. It's a cannibal movie with Timothy Chalamet. I watched that. And uh, yeah, David Gordon Green's probably not in it for very long. He probably gets eaten. I think he's supposed to be one of the cannibals. There's a secret society of cannibals. Eaters is what they call themselves. Eaters can't eat eaters or some shit. We like should that. do Hellraiser. There we go. We did Hellraiser. <sighs> but we could do Hellraiser Dude, there's too. There's an entire yeah, like pile of those movies. We could take one of our old episodes and make it sound like it's the anniversary episode. <laughs> we'll remix it. We could go it. back and do it again. There we we do Halloween. We start Halloween over again. <laughs> yeah, one more time. We should do Phantasm. Oh. Those are such good movies. Good They're one, so yeah. batshit. They get so crazy. Or we can go really low class. I have a lot of Leprechaun. Leprechaun movies. would also be an excellent <laughs> choice. I would not say no. <laughs> we to just that. talk about Leprechaun. Hammer. Those are such great movies. I haven't seen the Origins one. It's the only one I never bothered with, but I've seen it. Oh, uh, I didn't see the one that didn't have War. Yeah, I was like, I'm not watching that. Like, if he's not in it, it's no point. It's like Nightmare on Elm Street without Robert Englund. You need Robert England. I mean, and then on Friday the 13th, it's nice to have uh, Kane Hodder. He's an excellent Jason. He's probably the best Jason. So. We'll see. We have plenty of time to right? decide. I'm not a fan of Blumhouse, and early Blumhouse wasn't too bad, but like at the point that they're at right now, I'm really over them like remaking things. Like their remakes are so far removed from the original subject matter that there's no real attachment to it. So you're just like buying franchises that cater to older audiences. Like no one wanted a Fantasy Island horror movie. Who the fuck knows what Fantasy Island is? And then the film that you make is geared at like that Gen Z audience. Like you make teen horror, like you're making the kind of horror movies for like kids to watch, like with their friends on the weekends and shit. These are not adult oriented horror films, but like you keep taking adult franchises and strapping them to films that have like no ties, like the Black Friday remake. Even like any of the Blumhouse, you're talking about Black Christmas. Black Christmas was, was awful. Oh, it's so bad. But Black Christmas, I don't think Black Christmas was a bad film. I think it was, what the fuck are you thinking putting Black Christmas on this? This is a film for teen girls. This is a teen girl horror movie. This was a film that was a standalone film that if you had labeled it properly, could have been a really successful like cult horror film with young girls or something like that because you had a really good concept there and it's all very heavy handed. So it's not for me, like it's not for an adult, but I don't think that there's not a place for the content that they're creating, but I think the way that they're making it and labeling it and selling the product, it's not a good end result. And so I'm really disappointed that this is the direction that that company's gone. Cause like, I could say like very early Blumhouse films when they were kind of doing original productions and stuff like that, there was much better content coming out from them. It's like Lionhouse, like early Lionhouse and early Blumhouse were pretty good. And then it's like, I like how you say early, but I feel like Blumhouse has only been doing things for like five years. No, they've been around a long time. They've been around for a minute. How old do you think the first paranormal activity is at this point? 
I have those kind of erased from my memory because the first one was so terrible. Those movies are so and I never bad. Watched any of the sequels? Actually, the one that takes place—that's what we're gonna do. Our anniversaries <laughs> now. The paranormal act. There's one that takes place in a barrio in like California somewhere, like with a Hispanic family. That one's really good. Oh, that yeah. was the only one that I really liked. But like the early ones are really, really bad. They're some of the worst horror films. And those are just terrible. I don't necessarily know what the future of Blumhouse is, but if this is what we're going to do for horror, I don't want to watch their Exorcist. I definitely don't care about that. Like, even if we're, we're doing more Exorcist films or we're remaking the Exorcist, the last person I want's hands on it are Blumhouse. They're just one step up from Asylum as far as I'm concerned. I don't think that this Halloween film was anything that anybody was asking for. I don't think that they know what they're doing, but I guess they're saying that their stuff... I guess when you're making $10 million movies, they don't really fucking matter, do they? So, like, you make money one way or another. Their content's not good. They're not making good horror content. And I think, like, they're the lowest hanging fruit on the horror spectrum. But that they have their hands on so many large franchises from the past that they, you know, are going to keep drawing people in. Because as long as you keep putting names like Halloween and Exorcist on products that are like McDonald's quality, like you're still going to buy it thinking you're going to get a steak and then you get a fucking, you know, cheeseburger from McDonald's. And you're like, this is but you know what you're getting when you go to McDonald's. Yeah, but you don't think you're getting that when you're going into Halloween and then you get a Blumhouse piece of shit. I don't think Blumhouse is as bad as you're making them out to be, but they are, I, I want to say that they're almost entirely horror. Is there anything that they've done that's No, they're horror. horror. Whiplash. Whiplash? They've done Whiplash. Yeah. There I, you go. They're like the best movie of all time. They did Whiplash. That's a great movie. I didn't know that. I do like Blumhouse. You know, like any studio, there's ones that I enjoy and there's ones I don't. You know, Black Phone came out this year. Uh, that was Blumhouse. I really enjoyed it. I, did I need to watch that really one. Enjoyed that. Uh, the, the Black Phone no, one. I need to see that still. It's really good. But like, you know, they definitely are trying to take these, you know, classic iconic horror films and repackage them to appeal to both new audiences and old audiences. So say what you will about the quality, but it's working like. You know, 2018 Halloween was a massive financial success. Kills and Ends, despite me not enjoying these films, they both made decent bank at the box office. Ends is... I just but how could they not? They funny. have one of the largest franchises, like, strapped to them. It's like Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. It's the Star yeah. Wars of horror, like... Yeah, like, you know, audience members are going to show up to see Michael Myers no matter what. And same with The Exorcist. Well, whenever that trailer hits for the new one, you hear the tubular bells, like, people's panties are going to drop. They're going to they're gonna show up to see <laughs> That's that. That's true. <laughs> I hope they get yeah. John Carpenter to do the music. That'd be great. And, you know, Jason Blum said years ago he would love to get the rights to Friday the 13th. He'd love to I'm sure he fucking would. <laughs> oh, he would, yeah. I do have to say, too, I love the score of John Carpenter and his son and the other guy yeah. for the first two. This one didn't really have that crazy of a score. I don't even it. think it had yeah, a score, did it? It did, but it, it was did. not like... Yeah, this one didn't really stick out to me. I did like the opening. I didn't really know what they were going to do with the pumpkins. Did it have the iconic theme song in it? Because I don't remember that being in it. Yeah, but it's like Star Wars where he redoes it for every movie. Gotcha. Yeah, there's a Halloween theme for all of the movies, but they're like slightly different. Did you like that she had the original pumpkin from the very first Halloween before she was going to commit suicide? Oh, yeah. I really liked that stupid scene, too, where she's like, where I'm like, I know she just shot that pumpkin. There's no way that she shot herself. Or 
you know what? I saw a lot of people were pissed off about the movie beforehand, and I didn't know why. And I mean, I guess he could have shot herself, and Michael could have been like, or that kid could have been like, what the hell? That scene was like, I've left field. I'm like, oh, wait, Lori's going to kill herself again? And then a uh, kid walks in, and she's like, did you really think I was going to kill myself? I'm like, what? One of many outcomes. 50-50. We're on the fence about it. <laughs> she got suspicious of Corey. That very first time that she sees him, well, I guess it's not the very first time that she sees him, but the first time he comes over to the house and he's standing like behind the bush, she should have just said something like, oh, hell no. Like, it should have. <laughs> that would have been the perfect time for the, some shitty writing, like to be like, mm -mm, this is not going to happen. I'm just, I'm just going to say A24 wouldn't let this shit happen. A24 wouldn't do Halloween, or if That's they did, true. it would be more, it would be more of what you hated from this Halloween. You think? I don't think so. A24 only does elevated yeah. horror movies. They don't do That's this. That's right. That's right. It would just be them discussing Michael It would have Myers been like high time. art Halloween. I might be here for that. We had it. It was a 2018 Halloween. That's the high art Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> you don't that, get any. That film else. did That's have the, the 2018 one. There was some good cinematography in that movie for sure. And good use of color. And Michael yeah. can't be an evil person. He did not kill that baby. He killed that other kid though at the beginning. Myers didn't, didn't kill, kill the, the kid. Baby. He killed the other kid killed the kid. In 2018? Oh, no. I don't know about 2018. I remember that. Oh, yeah, 2018, Michael's kill Michael kills okay. kid. He kills Lumpy. Oh, I forgot that kid's name is Lumpy. His name's Lumpy. He was just wanted <laughs> to dance and not hunt, but he liked to hunt because he, he likes spending time with his dad. But, yeah, he kills Lumpy. But when he does that long – well, it's not really a long take, but where he's, like, walking through the houses, like, killing everybody. He does walk up to that baby, and he, he doesn't kill it. So I don't think he's pure evil like everyone says. Do you know which Halloween movie is my favorite? You should know. Three. Uh, probably the third And why one. do I like three? Come on. Because you don't like yeah, Slash. Because he like kills kids. kids. Yeah, Because <laughs> you don't like kids. <laughs> Fuck them kids. Hey, man, that movie's not afraid to kill kids at all. I mean, that was the plot of the movie. It's a great movie. Three is excellent. Three is like a genuinely good film that just happens to have gotten shit on because... See, that's the problem. If they had done what he originally intended, where they made the first film a standalone and then made the second film a completely different one, and then the third one came out, people would have an expectation for the franchise having different films. And then the fourth one, you make the sequel to the first Halloween and you bring Myers back again for the fourth one and then you give like Carpenter a break and you let people understand what the franchise is before you go back in and bring this guy back because you went one, two and you stuck with the same character for the first two films. When a third one came, you had an expectation set at that point that people were going to see more of the same, especially since it came around at the same time as like Friday the 13th and stuff. So it was like that slasher, like, you know, sequels are just going to keep pouring from it. So I still love the tagline for the second one, more of the night he came. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, and I've, I've gone on about that before in the past is like there's an audience expectation set from two films about Michael Myers. That sort of same thing happened with this movie where you had two films of just Michael Myers just fucking slashing his way through Haddonfield. And then you get to this film where Michael Myers is chilling in a in a sewer getting his ass kicked like on a daily basis it sort of just goes against that that audience if that kid hadn't been there that cop would have killed myers he oh, would have yeah. beaten his ass been. in like two seconds flat <laughs> myers didn't stand a chance against that cop and i was like damn like what happened here where's that superhuman yeah. strength i mean i know he's 80 years old at this point but still like no he's not that old he's I, like 63 or something i was now. wondering that too you know are we supposed to infer that you know he did sustain injuries at the hands of that mob and that's why he's hiding in the, in the well sewer? he's six when he kills his sister 15 years later is when he kills everyone else so he's 21 
61, then 40 years later. So he's 61. So now he's 65, right? He's a 65-year-old. His sewer should have been full of, like, bodies that he had been dragging in there and killing, too. Like, it should have just been, like, corpses everywhere. I thought that that other homeless guy should have been, like, feeding him. Or yeah, I thought there'd know? be more of a connection between him and Myers, too, and then... You know, I think in Kills, they said, like... They said know, they, evil dies the night. They, That's what they said. They did, <laughs> but they, don't they, like, hypothesize that Michael gets stronger with every person he kills, so... I wasn't sure if this one, if either they're trying to infer that he's weakened because he did get his ass beat by a mob when we last saw him, even though he gets up and murders them all, or if he's weak because he hasn't killed people. And I thought, oh, as he's going to kill people in this film, he's going to get stronger. I thought that too. That wasn't the case at all. No, Michael, Michael easily, he just, to use a wrestling term, he just jobs to every person. Well, I thought, I thought the kid was going to feed him bodies, like you said, and strengthen him like i thought like that he was gonna do the same thing like that the kid would bring him people at that he didn't like and then myers would kill them but then by myers killing the people myers strength regenerates through killing all of these extra people in his life so then once myers strengthens then the kid loses control of him and then myers goes on a rampage see i, th I thought there was like some other film going on like four different times in this movie like Oh, me too. Yeah, I, I had all of these thoughts as well. And it, uh, I don't think anyone here watches wrestling, but it reminds me of Bret Hart. He had a long-standing feud with Vince McMahon in real life. And then years he later, him like when shit. Bret Hart was... And when he's older, he comes back to WWE and they build up a fight between him and Vince McMahon. But Bret Hart, having suffered several strokes in a motorcycle accident, can't really wrestle. So you just kind of get this weird two old men fighting in a wrestling <laughs> ring poorly. <laughs> After decades of buildup, that's what this kind of feels like. This movie feels like at the end is like, this is like the Bret Hart, Vince McMahon, Michael Myers, and Laurie Strode, where you just get, after all this buildup, you get like two elderly people fighting in the kitchen. I think that that new Rambo is a good comparison. I haven't seen it, so uh, I, I haven't yeah. seen this either. I saw the last one I saw was Rambo, where See, he that, shot like Bill that movie was Kingdom. so fucking awesome. That was the best Rambo movie, hands down. Oh, I love that. No, movie. this yeah. new one basically Rambo gets his ass kicked three times and fails a bunch and cries and then runs around in some tunnels and kills some guys and it's exactly what Rambo fans did not want. It's exactly everything we didn't want from a Rambo movie. Like it was the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. I'm a huge Rambo fan. I love Rambo, so I'm just like such disappointment from that movie. And I wasn't the only one who felt that way. Like you don't go into those movies with an expectation either. Like I went into the movie to expect ass kicking non-stop badass ass kicking like that's all i want and that's what every rambo film supplies to me each one with more badass ass kicking than the last one or maybe like a scene where he does like some like first aid on himself really brutally like as well because there's always those great scenes as well to show how much he can endure but like we didn't get any of that in this movie i'm just like who made this who made this? Who are making these movies? Stop making these. Stop. <laughs> stop fucking with old franchises. Stop it. Nobody wants this shit. Just make some new stuff. You can make the same shit and just strap a new package on it. It's the same thing over like how many fucking times can you have a dude go in and kill some people? You can just strap a new mask on him. And as long as it's fun and entertaining, that's all we fucking care about. You can have a new action hero go in and do the same shit, except he's younger and more attractive and more ready to do this shit and has all kinds of new one-liners that apply to the new generation. We don't need more of the same shit. 
Or if you're going to do it, do it like uh, Rocky did, where you have like Creed and you properly transition the franchise into the new generation. This shit needs to end. We've got to stop fucking around with old franchises from 30 and 40 years ago. Forget it. Move the fuck on. Nobody wants the shit. Gen Z is not watching these fucking movies. We are. We're like the people keeping this shit alive. The reason that they keep making remakes is because of millennials because and boomers. Because Gen X isn't I mean, watching these like, movies. I mean, look at like Top Gun Maverick. It made so much money because it connected to like the most people. Yeah. I, I mean, that was a sequel no, that I can't think of anybody asking for, but probably wasn't the worst thing to make a sequel to. Probably because Tom Cruise was like, I'm but doing it. I can um, tell you that nobody gonna... wanted a sequel to Train Spotting, but we sure got one of those. Like, who the fuck is doing this stuff? Like, who's sitting here watching this shit and going, ah. That was Danny Boyle, uh, yeah, wasn't it? But yeah, but nobody wants. That's his own shit. I just don't get it. Like, I don't get these. Who wants a sequel to Train Spotting? Danny Boyle uh, does. I mean, yeah, like I don't think anyone was asking for a sequel to Top Gun, but we got one and it was great. Like I did love it. I think I think it really just depends on who's doing it and how much heart is in it because I felt like there's a lot of heart in Top Gun Maverick and I equally if Halloween 18 to bring it back to, to Myers I felt like everyone on board knew they had something to prove they knew they had to reinvent this franchise for a new audience and they had to bring their A game and I thought you know they're all hungry they had something to prove and they showed us of 2018 and then they sort of just lost that hunger they lost that fire uh, I think you can make a really good reboot or sequel to you know a 30 year old franchise you know but you gotta you gotta show that there's a reason for this exit to exist like stallone i feel like i didn't see the new rambo but i feel like you know stallone's heart may not be in it or he may not be as hungry as he was whereas with creed you got ryan coogler who is fresh off an indie movie fruitvale station he's making this spin-off slash reboot slash sequel to a beloved franchise he's kind of a young hungry director he's got to show what the fuck he can do so he makes this amazing continuation it really just depends on who's behind the camera and you know what they have to bring to it and how they connect to the story you know sometimes it doesn't always hit i just i'd rather see original content even if it's even if it's redundant storytelling i just even if it's got a new coat of paint i'd still rather see the new coat of paint than this is what happens when you do a remake podcast i absolutely agree like I, I, you, know, <laughs> you become jaded <laughs> She said that she just wants original content, and I said that's what comes after you do a remake podcast, and all you do is watch remakes. I mean, that, that, that's fair, yeah, and I, I agree. Like, I, w I want original content, but uh, unfortunately, people still keep seeing these movies, and studios want to play it safe. And so that's what, this is what we're getting is sequels. And I feel like they lose so many opportunities with this stuff too. Like the remake of Child's Play that was recently done, there was an excellent film under that, but because you felt a need to strap that character onto it and put the franchise's name on it you lost an opportunity to create a whole new franchise that could have been excellent the idea of these ai systems that were like going wrong and all this kind of stuff like you're getting it it's called megan i haven't seen that yet but like i mean i don't understand like why they couldn't have just made a horror film and then they could have geared it at the younger audiences that it was aimed at to begin with and had their own original horror franchise and they could have made 50 of them and then we'd have to deal with those like i mean the whole point of trying new content even if the new content is using 
pre-existing formulas is to create a franchise your goal is a franchise right you make saw then you make a bunch of saw movies now you got a franchise you can make money off of saw you make a new original property you're going to be able to make way more money off of it by creating something newer and fresher that exists within the moment than trying to cash in on something that a generation is going to die off of soon and i know that like millennials are really easy to cash grab from because we're super super you know, embroiled in nostalgia because we've grown up so depressed. So our generation is really easy to cash in on when it comes to nostalgia, like super, super, super hard. And the boomer generation is another one that's easy to cash in on nostalgia. But you're not cashing in on Gen X. They don't give a shit about movies. They don't watch this stuff. They don't care. And the new generation doesn't even watch television. They don't watch movies. You're not creating content that they have any ability to latch onto or have any interest in because it's just so far outside the realm of them like unless their parents raise them on like this stuff and they have that you know existence with the unless they're raised right right so so it's like if they grew up in their own world and in their own stuff like i mean 90 percent of the content they grew up with was was curated and if they grow up in a generation that's curated, they don't really, you know, go out and watch like I've talked about this before, like film is used to be a communal thing. Like we'd all go watch a movie in the theater and then we'd all go to school the next day or we'd all go to work and we talk about the movie with our friends and coworkers. We don't have that experience anymore because most people don't go to the theater to watch these things. They watch a lot of stuff on streaming and by themselves. And so the younger generation doesn't have a reason to go to a theater and watch something if all you're putting in the theater is Halloween and Top Gun and all this like stuff that's just not interesting to them. It's interesting to their parents or their grandparents and they watch YouTubers and they watch very curated content because everything that they watch online, it gets an algorithm and then the algorithm pays attention to that. And then the next thing they know, their entire YouTube feed is just makeup channels or like mine is just nothing but car content and shit like that. It's so finely curated that you don't go out and experience different styles and different franchises and different things because you're not having those communal experiences anymore you're now having those single serving experiences and with the single serving market you have to figure out how to create content that is workable for them that they would be interested in that they can gravitate to because when we die we're not going to buy anything anymore and your franchises are fucking done so how do you make your money you've got to create new franchises for this generation to want to latch onto that they want to pay for for 40 years but if they don't like franchises how are you gonna do that you figure it out that's not my job to figure out you're like let's get the people that have the shortest attention span their own franchise when you just said what you just said right short form content yeah look at adult swim adult swim's short form content creates franchises aqua teen hunger force is a franchise it's 11 minute cartoons but it's a franchise you can make money off of that you can bring that back they're rigging it back they're rebooting and i know that's still a millennial thing but you get what i'm saying like you can create short form content and have a franchise come from it it doesn't have to be a whole film series or any of that you just need to figure out how to create the content for them and make them want to buy the shit from it because they buy YouTubers merch. They buy merch like they're not afraid to spend their money. They just don't want to spend their money on, you know, Halloween and franchises from their parents fucking youth. They want their own stuff. And I don't blame them. It's like when I was a kid growing up, I didn't want to watch my mom's stuff. I mean, I did sometimes she had some cool shit, but the majority of it, I watched Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles was my franchise. My kids shouldn't be watching Ninja Turtles. My kids should be watching whatever. 
your kids are. But that's because they can't stop marketing it and making it. Like there are no new shows for them either. Like since the 2000s, essentially like SpongeBob SquarePants was like all that Nickelodeon showed. We grew up with such quality content on Nickelodeon and we have such fond memories of all this stuff. Nickelodeon just stopped once they had a brand and they just kept going with it and don't let it go. We hit this point somewhere in our lives in like the 2000s where if you had already started a franchise and you got in on that bandwagon, guess what? That franchise is never going to stop. 20 seasons of South Park, 30 seasons of The Simpsons. Things are not ending and they're not letting new things start and they're not giving us a reason to go and watch the old stuff over and over and over because it's becoming disjointed from what it was and it's like we really need some fresh content in any kind of form and when we get fresh content we eat it up so hard too like when we get fresh content we get it from Blumhouse and they make a shit ton well, like of money. I mean like Stranger Things I'm not a fan of but I can at least I know it's based on a bunch of other shit but I mean at least it's something fresh Breaking Bad well think about like Get Out Get Out was a huge success they made a shit ton of money off that and that goes back to the whole like 10 million dollar film simple easy concepts we spend too much money on movies too i always talk about that 300 million dollars is not a necessary budget for a film like i don't know why you're spending 300 million dollars on a movie i think most of it is whenever they're paying all a shit ton of money for these actors yeah well i've i've often said and this is a this is controversial is that i think actors should have a pay cap i think you should only be able to make so much money and then when you hit that level that's it Seven hundred fifty thousand a film well or... then that's it you're not gonna get matt damon anymore why can't matt damon make three movies paid at seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a film because their names are almost like these franchises that you're talking eh, about not here for that that's a whole other discussion create new content i'm bringing this back as just a final funnish question because i think we covered halloween ends pretty well they're rewatching the thing remake in the movie because they watched the thing in the original Halloween. I'm assuming John Carpenter's made this movie. How did John Carpenter get his break? Assault on Precinct 13 and then just he skipped Halloween. So you're saying hypothetically, if he didn't make Halloween. He can't have made it. Oh. It doesn't exist oh, in, in that the, world. Okay, in the Halloween oh. universe. Oh. Right. They're watching John Carpenter's The Thing. So that is a very interesting question. Or maybe he made a film based on the true story in this world of Michael Myers. I just thought of it as double fan service. It's John Carpenter who made Halloween, but he also made The Thing, which was in Halloween. Oh, it is, it is. Or double fan service. Did you watch Hocus Pocus 2? Fuck no. There's a moment where they look in a window <laughs> and there's people watching Hocus Pocus 1. <laughs> so I, like, I really don't understand what's happening. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really... <laughs> I enjoy Hocus Pocus 1, but I Who was... the fuck needs that? Who needs a sequel to that? Yeah. 30 years later. Even though... 29 years Even later. Though I just said, you know, nobody asked for a sequel to Top Gun. I saw it and liked it. I, I felt the same about Hocus Pocus 2, where I'm like, uh, nobody wants that. What convinced me to see Top Gun 2 is I read all the reviews and said it was amazing. And Hocus Pocus 2, I read all the reviews and said it was trash. And uh, that, that was my deciding factor there. A few things will sway me like that. Like Lego Movie, it looked interesting, but then when it was doing so well, that brought me into the theater to see that yeah. movie. But there's also been things where I'm like, ah, I don't know about that one. And you hear it's awful and you're like, I'm still interested, but I'm not interested enough to see it in the theater. It, like really like word of mouth and reviews are what gets, because like, you know, Top Gun was getting really good word of mouth, getting really good reviews. And I had zero interest in it. I'm like, okay, I'll see this movie. And I really enjoyed it. So I'm like, okay. And then recently, uh, Barbarian, I saw the trailer 
for Barbarian. I thought it looked intriguing, but that was one of those ones where I thought, I don't have to see that in theaters. I'm going to wait. And then the reviews and word of mouth came out where they're like, oh, this movie's great and this movie's batshit insane and you should go and not... And that, that intrigued me enough to go to the theaters to see that and I really enjoyed it. So those are sort of the things that sort of sway me. It's just, you know, seeing what the general consensus is and with Hocus Pocus 2, I liked Hocus Pocus like everyone of my generation. I enjoyed it. My two feelings of Hocus Pocus 2, my feelings of that are my same feelings I have towards Star Wars where like Hocus Pocus 2 isn't going to make you feel like the kid you were when you watch Hocus Pocus 1. Just like all the Star Wars sequels aren't going to make you feel like a kid again when you first watch Star Wars. Then when I read reviews, I said, oh, this is just the epitome of a bad sequel. I thought, well, I'm not going to see it. There was a huge moment in that too where they're like in a Walgreens. And then later I saw Walgreens commercial and I was like, of course. <laughs> see, I, I just listened to Chuck. That's all I need. I think Chuck's what, Was it good, Chuck? Was it bad? It was all right. We're usually on the same page, so I've been pleased to learn that since I've been working on this show. I'm pleased to learn. I've, I've seen worse. Chuck's pretty much on the same page as me, and, and that always works for me really well. I'm like, it's good. Because Justin likes everything. I don't know how you can like <laughs> everything. Like, I'm still questioning how you can like. I don't like everything. You liked old. Like, I just don't understand how you could like that movie. <laughs> but here's the thing. You I can like old. Oh, man. <laughs> you can like a movie and then still have problems with it. I That's think. fair. Yeah, I agree. That's called can, proper critique, though. Or you could dislike a movie and still play that that strange. You know, Halloween Ends is a great example where I didn't like this movie, but I respected the hell out of it for taking a big swing, and I felt like it missed more often than it hit. It's not Jeremy. What? Little Jeremy. That's the kid's name. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed this one more than I enjoyed Ends, because Ends just really felt derivative, whereas this one... You mean one, Kills. A kills. I'm sorry. I keep getting these two fucking... <laughs> That's reasonable. I did, too. So I enjoyed this more than Kills, because, like, Kills ran in place for two hours, whereas this one was really trying to sort of do something, and it fumbled the ball. That's why, uh, yeah, circle back to it. I think you can enjoy... If something's bad, just tell us good qualities, and vice versa. But I was thinking about your hypothetical question about how does John Carpenter exist in the Halloween universe, and I'm gonna say i feel like i saw in precinct 13 that must have been his big break because the timeline doesn't add up if he made a film about michael myers in his universe that's the precinct 13 is a good movie it is yeah so good enough to give that guy the thing remake yeah so in this universe halloween doesn't exist so he makes solid precinct 13 and then the fog the fog franchise with jamie lee curtis and then they remade two of his movies. They they remade The Fog and they remade Precinct 13. Who stars in The Fog? Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> so many questions. So many questions. That girl from Lost. You're going with The New Fog. Ugh, that movie's not good. I'm talking about Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. She can't be in, or, or maybe she can. Is Laurie Strode Jamie Lee Curtis in this world, or is Jamie Lee Curtis an actress who exists and Laurie Strode also exists and just happens to look like Jamie Lee you Curtis? You know what that sounds like? It sounds like you have to watch Twin Peaks The Return. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I think we end things right there. Cinema Demore ends now-ish. Which the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Co-host, James, would you like to plug anything? I shot a short film earlier this year. It's a proof of concept film to try to raise funds to make a full-length feature. It's still in post, so eventually that will be coming at some point in some form or another. Other than that, I teach a film class. If you want to take my class, hear me talk about production design. That money doesn't go to me. That goes to, to college that employs me. You could teach on the side. I could, yeah. James, am I a reasonable replacement to you? Oh, you are. I think you're much better than me. No. Yeah. Stop. You're a natural. <laughs> 
I'm something. Just another hour of this. Yeah. But thank you guys for having me on again. Thanks for being on. Of course. It was fun. It's been a pleasure. Glad to meet the old cast. <laughs> Reunion episode. It's like the long and skiba, huh? <laughs> oh my god, it is. <laughs> thank you everybody for listening. And we'll see you in week or two we're doing soderberg whose choice was that charles that's a good choice i should have made us talk about solaris again <laughs> <laughs> you could have I, but you didn't i didn't because i said me and justin already talked about solaris on my old show and it was a really good episode because we made jacob cry and so we could talk about a different soderberg film but it is my favorite soderberg film because it was beautiful not because we were mean to him i haven't seen it there's a lot of his films i haven't seen you just gave me sex lies and videotape i've never seen it there you go. God, I remember when that movie came out back in the day, and it was so fucking controversial. Well, I'm excited to watch it. Thanks to Justin. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, thank you, guys. Bye. Chuck. We're Cinema de More. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you would subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening. As a matter of fact, it was.